0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, first off, and this fits in perfectly, uh, things are not always as they appear. And The first thing you uh, may have noticed in, uh, in the bulletin is that it says that uh, Pastor DeBlick is now preaching to you. Things are not always as they appear. I am Pastor Herman. (laughs) But even when things seem hopeless, that has nothing to do with that other comment. (laughs) Even when things seem hopeless, there is a light that shines. We confess in the Nicene Creed that I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, maker of all things visible and invisible. God is the maker of all of the things that we can see, and he is also the maker of all of the things that we cannot see. And the Creed also confesses belief in the one Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that he, this Jesus Christ, Is the one who holds all things together, both the things we can see and the things that we do not see. Colossians reads that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. In him, all things hold together. In him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, through this Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, whether things in heaven That's things we can't see, or on earth, things that we do see. He made peace by the blood of his cross. Almost every Sunday, we talk about events that were seen and heard in a certain time and place. Particularly, we speak every week of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, which happened at a very in a time in history, at a place in history. You can visit where he lived uh, and breathed to this day. And every week, we talk about how the events of his life, this one who is fully God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and fully man, born of the Virgin Mary. We talk about how his life, how his death, and his how his resurrection affects my life He brings us peace with God and he brings us love for our neighbor And we talk about how things how God works through different things things that we can actually see taste touch hear things like baptism things like the Lord's Supper things like a word of forgiveness Things like my Bible. God works through these things. Now we do acknowledge the mysterious, invisible nature of God working through these things that touch our senses. And we believe that Jesus is truly here. His word says so. He says whenever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. The Creator the one through whom all things were made, is with you and I as we speak. But today, God's word gives us encouragement as it reveals to us the invisible realm. Today we celebrate the archangel Michael and all angels, who carry out God's work, both in the heavens and on earth. And today we will focus on how things are not always as they appear. We will look at things from the heavenly perspective and gain encouragement that even when it seems as though all hope is lost, God is in control when we look at our situation, when we're overwhelmed with anxious thoughts, when we feel afraid, we know God is not afraid. God is not wondering, oh, I hope they're going to make it through this. (laughs) God does not look at his church and hope that they're going to make it to the end. No, our Lord Jesus Christ and his myriad of angels, they fight the battle on our behalf. And even when it sometimes appears to us that the battle is being lost, John's revelation informs us that from the heavenly perspective, the war is already won. Today, we're going to look at how this war is fought. Now, one amazing thing about the triune God, what he is doing in this world. Let me give you an incomplete illustration to explain how wild it is what God does with us. As a dad, I am not always the most patient. I am not that patient of a father. When my son or daughter wants to help me with something, I can sometimes tend to think this. Oh, man. Now this 20-minute job is going to take me an hour and a half. In other words, sometimes I think if I can just do it myself, I'll get it done and over with, and then I can move on to something else that I want to do. But Here's the thing. If I just do this job by myself, the accomplishment will be mine alone. I will not share it with anyone. But let's say I include my six-year-old boy or my three-year-old daughter. We all know that the ideas will be mine. For the most part, the work will be mine, and the patience will have to be mine. <laughs> but we also know that I'm going to have to correct their mistakes, and this is going to take time. It's going to take care. But guess what? When the task is accomplished, the victory, it will be ours. I will have worked with them and through them something that they could not have done on their own. Something I could have done on my own, but not something that they could have done. This is what God does with us. Granted, he is infinitely more patient than I am. But our God, he fights this battle on his own. It is his battle, and it is his victory alone. But he has chosen to include angels, archangels, and even the likes of you and me to fight with him. So again, from our earthly perspective, what does this earthly battle look like? This battle between good and evil. Well in the time of our Old Testament prophet Daniel. uh, Things from the worldly perspective looked very bleak. The people of God were in exile. They were living in the sinful nation of Babylon. God was very clear to them that they could only worship the one God. And they were told by the leaders of Babylon, if they didn't bow down to this golden image, they would have to burn in a fiery furnace. If they didn't pray to King Nebuchadnezzar, they would be thrown into a lion's den. Things didn't look that positive from the church's perspective. And guess what? A lot of people compromised. Oh, what's a little bow? Right? What's a little going? Just a little bit. I don't believe it in my heart. Compromises were made. But there, was, there were four men. Daniel and the three young men who refused to worship any God but the one true God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the distress of Daniel's time, God sent heavenly messengers to Daniel, the heavenly angel uh, to the three men in the fiery furnace. And when it seemed as though God and his people were losing, there was a light that shined in the darkness that the darkness could not overcome. And an angel spoke to Daniel and told him about the work of the archangel Michael. And the vision that Daniel was given was of the end times. To let him know that God has a master plan for the salvation of his people. And the angel told him this. Basically to tell him, do not be afraid. The angel said, at that time shall arise Michael the great prince who has charge over your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as has never been seen since this nation began. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. God saw his people's despair, but he would see his people through this despair unto their deliverance. This side of heaven, Daniel humbled himself to God's law, confessing his sin and confessing the sins of the people. And he looked forward and he shared with the people the promise of God. He encouraged people through the spoken and written word. In other words, he and the prophets did what we do today. And God used them to bring about the victory that is already ready, won and has been realized in the death and resurrection of Jesus. What Daniel went through. It was much like what the disciples went through with Jesus. At one point, as Jesus was teaching his disciples, he sent out 72 of them who were training to be pastors. He sent them into towns to tell them that Jesus was about to be visiting. He was to tell, they were to tell the people that the kingdom of God was near to them. Think about the kingdom of God. Big. Huge. Powerful. Mighty. These messengers were to say. The kingdom of God is coming near. So the people are getting excited. But what do they see? A couple days later. After the messengers come. They see a. Man in his early thirties had no appearance that we should marvel at him walking down the road. From an earthly perspective, God's kingdom marching into that town looked as if it was a big letdown, to say the least. But, from the heavenly perspective, all of heaven was marching on into that town. Angels, archangels, all the company of heaven who have come before, marching into that town and delivering people from darkness into light by the word of a man. Things looked bleak. I mean, this nation, they too were under Roman captivity, the people of God were. Things did not look good. But from the heavenly perspective, God was visiting this town. In the 72, they did get a glimpse of God's victories in their preaching. For when they returned to Jesus, they returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. But Jesus let them know that what they couldn't see was even greater. Jesus said to them this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What did Jesus what did Jesus see that the disciples couldn't? John got a glimpse of it. In his book, The Revelation. Now, war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for him in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown out, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. The deceiver of the whole world he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered, meaning the angels, the archangels, meaning the preachers, meaning you. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death, Through the preaching of Jesus' blood that was shed for our forgiveness, Satan is defeated. The archangel and all the angels of heaven cast out the devil and his demons. He is no longer in God's presence. He can't say... I'm just going to whip out a name. Don't take it personal. (laughs) He can't say, look what Dave did. Look what John did. When he looks at you, all he sees is the blood of Christ. All he sees is the work of Jesus. Satan is defeated. The angels of heaven fight with us, and in heaven there is rejoicing. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. There is victory in heaven that will be realized on earth at Jesus' return. So I want you to know that when things appear to be hopeless, things are not as they seem. Through the blood of the Lamb we have victory. And even if they do take our goods God forbid, even if they do, take our children. Even if they take our spouse. Or even if they take your own life. They have not won the day. Jesus lives. And because he lives, the victory is ours. On the darkest day of history, things could not have appeared more hopeless. Women and grown men sobbed and cried, and the devil and all of those who sided with him laughed and mocked. The world turned pitch, pitch black in the middle of day, and God's son bled from his thorn-pierced head, from his nail-pierced feet, from his side. His last breath was gone, and it appeared as though all hope was lost. But that's only how it appeared. Death could not hold down the sinless Son of God, And he descended into the place of the dead, not to suffer, but to proclaim victory over death. Sin, death, and the powers of the devil were defeated when he who knew no sin became sin for us. And sin was crucified, died, and it was buried. And it was cast into hell for good. But what arose was the sinless Son of God. And on the last day, everyone who has been washed in the blood of the Lamb will be taken, thanks be to God, will be taken out of this great tribulation. Because it is tough sometimes. And we will be taken to heaven where the victory will be realized for all eternity. Things may look dark today, but things are not as they seem, guys. They're not. From the point of view of the angels that God has guarding us, we are marching from victory unto victory. And I pray that you would not allow the shadows of this fallen world to keep you from seeing the true light that shines in the darkness. And I pray that as you abide in the light of Jesus, he will use you to shine on others. He does not need to use you, but he loves to use you. And he loves to include you in his saving work so that on the final day, he will include us in the joys of of the victory that he alone has won. Today, even when things appear dark, we will celebrate that final, yet unforeseen victory of the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which will have no end. We celebrate that feast today with the Lord's Supper as we sing Holy, Holy, Holy with angels, archangels, and all the company of heaven. Now, may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.